0: A point was raised earlier in the evening, only briefly, about there being chemicals in our environment that are endocrine disruptors. Yes. Now, I follow the Environmental Working Group quite closely, and they have a database that you're probably familiar with that goes through the um, chemicals that are in various cosmetic preparations And the reason I selected you to answer my question is because um, given that we are both women of age groups that are heavily targeted for skincare products, um, I wondered if you have feelings about any particular chemicals in skincare products, and you don't have to call out the names of what you use or not, that's fine. But if you have some thoughts about chemicals to avoid? Because I know I love to take care of my complexion. Um, I've sometimes made some of my own products, especially with jojoba oil, because it has some molecular size that is beneficial for the skin. It's close to being like sebum.
1: But I wondered if you had strong feelings about that. That's a great question. And I can't do this justice, but I will try by saying that, Chemicals are ubiquitous in our environment. They're in our cosmetics, they're in our foods, they're in food packaging, they're everywhere. Um, And that's the result of our dependence on plastic. Um, The chemicals are used in the processing of plastic to make it malleable, to change the color, to change the properties. And we as a society have gone from a society where things are reusable to now we're a disposable society. And we have a lot of single use of plastic items. And now we have a problem with abundance. They say that since 2000, year 2000, over 50% of all the plastics that were ever produced were produced since 2000. Um, And so now we have a problem with too much plastic, but greater than that, we now have plastics that are in our foods. They're in our bottle of water. And what happens is that we don't know the long-term effects of these chemicals. Unlike pharmaceuticals, they are not regulated by the FDA. Manufacturers are not required to label them. And so whether I say avoid phthalates or avoid um, BPA, um, another industry or another manufacturer can produce an equivalent and still not have to identify it. So we it's hard to target which ones to avoid. Um, we just know that it's impossible. It's impossible to avoid them. And we have to try to limit it by things such as we want to, if possible, um, go organic because of the pesticides that are used on conventional foods can have these chemicals. We actually want to avoid canned foods if possible because of that. We know that in the packaging of fast foods that these chemicals are um, can leach into the food. They tested. Um, uh, levels of these chemicals in the umbilical cord of newborns, of moms that have eaten high levels of uh, these EDCs and they're detecting it. And we know that they can potentially have long-term ramifications. And so acute. Um, But women may be at an increased risk because we use a lot of products that contain these chemicals, like the cosmetics that you mentioned, like the um, hair products that I mentioned earlier. And so, and there isn't one specific way to know which chemicals you should avoid. Did I... Did I answer your question? Because it (laughs) is impossible for me to say avoid X because tomorrow they may have an X derivative that's just as bad or equally or even worse. So it's not as though I can say um, avoid PFAS because there'll be another chemical that could be just as equally detrimental to our health.
0: Okay. Well, I know that you tried to bring in as as broad a catch as you could, cast a very wide net there. Pardon me. Um, One thing in particular that I see showing up um, in, you know, for women who have uh, a lot of sun exposure is hydrochlorine, hydroquinone. And so I was wondering about that. And another one, octobenzone, I believe it is that's in a lot of uh, sun protection products. And so I was hoping that if possible, you
1: might uh, address those. So I am not possible partially because the manufacturers are not required to list their chemicals. So just because you don't see something listed doesn't mean that there isn't something in it. Um, in for female, female hygiene products have these chemicals in it. I mean, they're everywhere. And so there isn't, there isn't one bad chemical. And I guess that's what I'm trying to suggest um, to you.
2: Okay, I could weigh in on skin health if you want. If you would, please.
1: Yeah, certainly.
2: Um, So the most important thing that I tell people to avoid that probably isn't talked about, I don't think these chemicals are as much of an issue as uh, one, your skin is an organ and it's going to receive or not receive nourishment and hydration depending on what you consume, right? So the very last organ to receive nutrition and hydration is your skin. That's why most people. who who will work with me long enough, they all tend to start glowing. Uh, And and it's just, it's this, you know, that nice beta carotene tan um, of getting good nutrition and optimal hydration that actually decreases um, all of the different issues that you normally see in the skin. You don't have as much fine lines and and wrinkles and all of those kind of things. And you have that general glow of health, right? The other thing I discourage people to do is use soap. I don't use soap. Uh, And I have found that, you know, when you look at something like soap, Uh, One of the things many of them do is they disrupt the skin's microbiome. We have a microbiome, not only internally, but externally. And when we have the right bacteria living on our skin, we have better skin health. But when we disrupt that microbiome, now we have all sorts of different problems. So the microbiome, our natural level of oils, soap removes that layer of oil that we naturally would produce, then we have to put it back on with cream, but then they put alcohol in the cream to make sure that it dries you back out again. So you need more cream, right? So what I've always done is I just use coconut oil. The only makeup I wear is my lip gloss, Lush and eye makeup, right? I don't put anything else on on my skin. Um, And then I use coconut oil and I just remove the makeup with the coconut oil, rub it in, rinse it off with water. Um, and then maybe I'll put some like vitamin E, uh, maybe some vitamin C uh, if I want to put something like serum based or, or cream based on it. But that's it. I have found for, as someone who used to have lupus with rashes and all sorts of issues with my skin, um, I have found my skin's been extremely healthy, just making sure I'm super nourished and hydrated and just leaving it alone. Um, When I use soap in the shower, I use uh, only olive oil soap. It's the only ingredient is olive oil that they've made into a soap. So no um, sulfates or anything like that. And so I find that really the key is nourish and then just like, don't, don't remove what was meant by nature to be there. That's what's worked for me. So I respectfully disagree with that to the point that we have
1: microplastics in our water. And if we're hydrating and super hydrating, we're also drinking these microplastics. It's been documented time and time again. What we don't know is whether these microplastics that we are swallowing are getting absorbed into our bloodstream. And if they do get absorbed into our bloodstream, then they could possibly be, um, um, then go to other vital organs in our body. And so, it's not just hydrating and thinking that um, you're gonna avoid the effect of EDCs. EDCs are just way too prevalent to be dismissive of them. And it's not, and even our so-called um, wholesome products, if they are manufactured, they may have chemicals in them that we are just not aware of. So they're, unless you're making it yourself, it's not really safe to assume that you're not exposing yourself to these EDCs or that you don't need to worry about them because you're drinking lots of water.
2: Well, I do think it's important to separate out theoretical issues with actual issues that are happening. So for example, we do hypernourishment, high levels of hydration, people's diseases go away, their skin health, all the other organ systems come online and their labs look perfect. So we know in real people, in real time, the immediate difference it makes. If there was a case, because I'm always open to growing and changing what I do, if there were cases of people who were doing that, and then they started having all these other issues that we could then identify was due to plastics or other issues, then we go, oh, we need to change this. So I think that it is an issue that's important and we do need to pursue it and then see real world issues that are happening and what the causes are and what to do about it. But I don't think that that removes the need to focus on what we know is working in the moment, which is uh, that there's a huge detriment to people's health by being extremely dehydrated and extremely malnourished. And that's something we can do right now, even while we're trying to keep learning about all these other issues that are in our environment. I'm not saying not to uh, address those, but I think that that the proper nourishment and hydration, uh, well, not just think I know from results, uh, that that really does take care of the problems for most people. Um, it's kind of like when people worry about, you know, what about the effect of pesticides? I think it's an important issue. I don't wanna eat pesticides, and uh, organic produce is grown in better soil and has better nutrition. And at the same time, Uh, When I reversed my disease, I was a very poor intern and I only ate just regular produce full of pesticides and my lupus went away. So I learned that the benefit of the nutrition was outweighing whatever negative effects might've potentially theoretically happened from pesticides. So I still do recommend if you can go natural, go organic, but if you can still do the things that your body needs for nutrition and hydration, because that's one of the most vital things to the health of your cells. So I would just say to that, um,
1: that we know that they're chemicals and we don't know the effect of the chemicals and it's not a theoretical thing. The The one thing, the one chemical that comes to mind is DES, diethylsilvesterol. It was given to pregnant women to help them avoid miscarriages only to find out that their progeny, their children, and now their studies on their grandchildren looking at the effect of um, this chemical. And so we know that they are chemicals. And so even though we're not seeing an immediate detrimental effect, we can't assume that it's okay. And I'm not saying that we can't, um, I, I definitely think hydration is important. I'm not trying to dismiss that, But we need to understand that when we're hydrating, odds are we're also taking copious amounts of microplastics into our system. And how is that? And we need to address those issues. We need to know how is we need to know, first of all, does it get absorbed into our system if when we're adjusting it? And these are really questions that are not theoretical. These are questions that really need to be answered today.
2: Yeah, I think it's an important issue. And if we saw increasing hydration, increased health problems, that would be a problem to solve in my world versus increasing hydration is removing health problems. Every aspect of their health is getting better Then we can see in real time and real people that, what, that the benefits they are getting are, it's working, that it's beneficial, right? If that changes, then that makes more sense to say, okay, you know what, the potential risk is not worth the potential be- benefit. So I think that's what we have to always work in is in real time what are what's happening to people when they increase their their, their levels of nourishment and hydration. Their health is getting better, their their organs are getting healthier, they're coming off a transplant list, their glaucoma is going away. Okay, looks like it's working. Let's keep doing that thing that's working even while we look to improve the water supply, improve the sources of produce, etc. I think both of those things are really important. That's right. And the question
1: is, is over what time frame? I mean, are we saying she got better in three months, but what happened in three years?
2: You well, know, so far, and so 16 are, years and counting, it's only been better and better, but I will well, let fantastic. everybody know if it goes the other way, I promise. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's fantastic, but these are questions that need to be addressed now, of course. Okay, so why don't we have each of you make a one-minute closing summary final statement to uh, close, uh, summarize your final thoughts? Uh, Dr. <laughs> Well, I'd like to thank you Mr. Shore for even making this possible. I think it's a fantastic program. I think that women's health is a vital critical issue. I think there are too many unknowns with women's health. I think there've been inadequate studies in the past. There're too many and I think that nutrition will play a vital role, but we need to do the research to document it. Thank you.
2: I just want to thank all of you guys for spending your Saturday night with us. That was super cool. I've had a great time. Um, Dr. Abdul Rahman is awesome, doctor. If she was in my area, she'd be my OBGYN. Um and thanks, Stephen, for for inviting me to your conference and for all the time I've got to spend with all of you guys. It's really special to me uh to connect with people. And I gotta say, during COVID, I've missed it. Um, I've missed the connection. Um you know, whenever I go to a conference, I usually get like 100, 200, 300 hugs. Uh, and now, especially after COVID, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. But man, uh, I miss it. So it's just so nice to see all of you guys and all of your comments. But what I would say is listen, there is so much that you can do um, to enjoy your life right now, right? Because I think that's important that we embrace and are grateful for every gift we have right now. And at the same time, do everything we can to optimize our health. And if you don't do it, if you're not motivated, even just for yourself, remember all the people that love you, that need you to take care of yourself because they want you in their life or they need the gifts that you were born to give. So I just hope that everyone who's uh, been here, that you've learned something and that you've been inspired and that you're willing to just even start uh, doing something better for yourself. You're gonna be so glad that you did. So if I helped you in any way, be inspired to do so, then I'm glad that I got to spend the time with you. So take care of your health, everybody.